I'm comedian Timmy Boyle, and this is the greatest live Instagram comedy experience that nobody knew about. March of 2020, I just arrived home from tour when COVID-19 shut down the world. So despite being severely technically challenged, I started a daily live Instagram show right here from my living room. Because how hard could it be? And how long could a pandemic last? Apparently longer than five months. So now, a hundred episodes later, I've called comedians as diverse in experience as they are in style from all around the world to discuss comedy, life, and, well, whatever. I had no goals, which was a great idea. I avoided tech checks, which was a bad idea. And I eventually wore no pants. The jury's still out on that one. And my OJ, over 150 days, transformed from refreshing drink to rancid mystery liquid right before our eyes. It was a random, free-flowing, hilariously messy ride into the minds and backstage lives of entertainers where anything could happen, and did, including a trip to a goat farm. Overcoming a lack of direction, resources, and tech ineptness, as well as multiple zombie cyber attacks, a project not expected to last even a week soon developed into a must-watch show like no other. But don't take my word for it. See for yourself, right here, on another episode of Calling Comedians Into Quarantine. Is that it? Did we get it all? Awesome. Bob Smiley's in the house. Jason is in, Mary Jane Baker. Thank you so much for joining me here on Calling Comedians in Quarantine. Um, we are ready for another fantastic episode. Uh, Bob Smiley's in the house. I'm going to be inviting Bob in in just one moment, Bob. Thank you so much for joining us here tonight. Um, we've had a great um, 30, well, 40 episodes. We had our 40th episode last night. And you might be wondering right now, why am I dressed up like Batman? Well, for those of you who don't know, which I don't know why you wouldn't know, today is National Superhero Day. And we all know that there's really only one superhero, um, well, two, me and Batman. And so tonight, I've blended them together. I've even taken off my regular hoodie, which isn't being washed, it's just off to the side. I'm currently... Um, still, though, uh, drinking the same orange juice that has been here for 30, 40 episodes. Um, I just keep topping it up. It's a little fermented. The shows have been getting a little bit weirder all the way along. But ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Technology fails us, but toilet paper doesn't. Last night was episode 40. Now we are on to episode 41, ladies and gentlemen, episode 41 here on Calling Comedians in Quarantine, where we call comedians from all around the world and invite them from their living rooms into my living room and then ultimately into yours to talk comedy, life, and quarantine. So here we go. Let's invite our guest in tonight. 
the great Bob Smiley. Here we go. Let's see if the technology works for this. Is Bob available today? Bob, are you there? Bob Smiley. We're on. It's working. Bob, what's up? Not much. My wife just made a homemade bread. So I thought I had a couple more seconds to try to, you know, finish this, but it's so good, which is hey. good because uh, we need to, uh, we need to find a job for her. So we may open up, uh, can't call it Smiley Buns. That's not really, but Smiley, I don't know, bread company or something. But yeah, that's what we're doing. We just finished dinner. And uh, yeah. yeah, thanks for having me on, man. This is, no. this is awesome. I appreciate it, man. And you came on on National Superhero Day. I know. When you asked me that, I wondered if you knew that. Oh, I'm, I'm up to speed on that. Uh, I, on your website, uh, it is very comic book-like. So I'm assuming you have a superhero bent in you? Yeah, I, I grew up watching. Uh, it was before my time, but we had them on reruns. But the old Batman and Robin, uh, you know, with Adam West, uh, I grew up on them. I've got uh, the whole DVD collection of all 103 episodes. And so I've, I've always been a huge uh, Batman fan. And then I'm told there's other superheroes. I haven't really seen any, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah. But thanks for having me on. I will say this. I've ne I haven't watched your show before. So I went back and just randomly picked one and watched it. And I saw about a 15 minute clip of you, uh, I guess, rating the Spice World uh, movie on VHS. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. So excited to be on this cutting edge show. Um, Have you seen it? Uh, I've seen the cover now, but no, I. Uh, I, I, I don't I don't know when it came out, but I'm pretty sure I was reading the Bible because that's normally what I do with my time. But but you enjoyed the movie, did you? Oh, man, it's a uh, highly underrated. Mm -hmm. Yeah, highly underrated. Um, so so, Bob, thank you for joining me here on Calling Comedians in Quarantine. We've been calling comedians from all around the world. You are the first Bob um, out of all of the comedians who have been on the show. Wow. Um, and uh, I, I had gone on because I wanted to look up a little bit about you. Um, in general, I do this little research and I went to Wikipedia and it says, <laughs> um, it says that you're a TV film writer, producer and partner in Humble Picture Comedy and a Writers Guild of America award winner that contributes to ESPN.com. And then I found out that the picture didn't quite look like you, but there's clearly only one Bob Smiley. So I, had, I thought it had to be you. Yeah, that photo didn't look like me because at the time I was juicing. Uh, so I looked a, a little bit different, a little more, uh, you know, drawn in in the face. And no, actually, that guy is a writer. He used to write for Yes, Dear. And we're friends only because uh, people mistake us all the time. So I'll, we talk maybe once a month because we'll get requests. He's written several books. Uh, he's, he's written uh, TV stuff. He actually introduced himself. Uh, he emailed me. Because whenever he was writing for, I think it was Yes, Dear, they were they were doing the you know the pages at the network were doing tours and they they took the, a group of people by and they were like and these are the writers for the show uh, and they they read out the names of the writers and these two ladies were like seriously Bob Smiley and and they were like yeah and he was like can we meet him and so he told me the story through email he said. He has never seen more disappointment in any lady's face ever than whenever he walked out and they were like, oh, you know, so he he emailed me and he had a he had a book coming out, something about Travis, but it was about gun control. And he uh, told me 
that, uh, you know, that he was having this book out and it was and it was about like Texas and gun control and all this stuff. And he said, you know, so you might get some some interviews. Well, that hit right whenever the gun control thing like was an exploded you know topic. And so about I'd get about three or four requests from radio or, you know, uh, podcasts were just kind of starting up or, you know, stuff like that. And so we we were, we're actually friends only because we have the same name. That's incredible. So you actually know the guy that I stumbled across. I so. know the guy. And every once in a while, uh, he, he writes books and I write books. So every once in a while, we'll see our name pop up as, you know, up for an award. And we have to look to see, wait a minute, which, which one of it is it? I feel like I have a twin brother out there who's competing against me. <laughs> now, um, that brings up a, a very interesting question then, because on another website, it said that uh, Bob Smiley is still alive according to September 20th update on Wikipedia. Is that you that is still alive or him that is still alive? Now I'm confused. Come to think of it, I haven't heard from him in a while. So I, I really think, I mean, I know Wikipedia, you know, is always factual, uh, but I really think that they're talking about me because I, okay. I feel I feel alive. You see, you seem to be now. We've been talking a lot on the show about the zombie epidemic that's happening um, across the world because of COVID. Um, so you may or may not be alive. I don't even know if you would know if you were a zombie. I don't know how that works. I've never been one. Well, we have five zombies living in our house. Um, we've got a 10-year-old. Uh, we have two 14-year-olds. We have a 17-year-old and a 20-year-old. And so in the mornings, they wake up and stumble around. And w my wife, I, I can actually outrun them. So we're, we know we're not zombies. Uh, because we're not as slow moving as they are in the mornings. And by mornings, I mean 11 a.m. Oh, of course. Well, that's, I mean, isn't that, isn't that when you get up? That's that like, yeah. It's so funny because I don't think anybody's ever going to ask me again what it's like to be a comedian because, you know, people are, my friends in our, my neighborhood, they're, they're like, I don't know what day it is. And I was like, yeah, this is like being a comedian or I don't, you know, I slept until 11. I was like, there you go. You know, I don't, when this lady across the street was like, I don't know when my next paycheck's going to come in. I was like, you're a comedian. Congratulations. You know. That is so true. That is exactly, that's what I keep telling people. My life literally has not changed other than the fact that I'm doing stuff like this now, which I never had time to do. And now I'm like, now I'm just in my living room, but I, I nap, I eat, I work here at home and I live in a village that has been uh, practicing social distancing for 150 years. Like you walk it, look outside the window Nothing has changed in my life other than the fact that I don't go to on stage every once in a while. Yeah, that's that's the biggest. But that is a huge difference because I don't know. Have you been? When was your last show? Uh, the March fifteenth. It was actually the day before Canada cut the um, the number down to less than fifty. So we we were just hoping to get our last two days of our tour in. Yeah. And uh, and people were like, please hold the show. And then other people were saying, have you checked with Health Canada? And then literally the next day, the bomb dropped. So, so it's been, I've been off the road literally when the, when the whole thing shut down. That was our final show. Oh, wow. So, we, so I had my, I didn't know it was my final show at the time, but I, I did that show and then I flew home. And then my oldest son, Coulter, he's 20, he's in college, but he started writing about six months ago. And he called me up and he was like, I'm not, I'm not looking to make this into a career. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm definitely sticking with my degree. But I've been writing all these jokes, these like one liners. And he was like, can I open for you if we have like a local show or something? And so he was set to open for me. The It was going to be his first show. And it was about 30 minutes from my house. So, you know, everybody that grew up knowing him, you know, watched him grow up, people from our church and all that. 
they were all excited to see him. And so it, it was the same thing. Actually, two days before they shut everybody down, uh, we were still going to we were looking at having the show. But we started getting hate mail from all these people and not just my parents, like like from other people that I wasn't used to. One lady, and, and this is no joke, one lady actually told me that if I had the show, that I was Satan's right-hand man. Uh, and wow. like that's, that, yeah. And I thought Satan was a lefty, but like she was adamant that if I had the show, I was killing people. And uh, so I, I talked to the pastor of the church that we were going to do it on and, you know, we're going to postpone it. But man, I really was hoping that would be, that would have been my last show like with my son, that would have been a cool deal, but it got shut down before, but I'm going, I haven't gone this long without doing a show and I'm going stir crazy. Uh, I was telling my wife about this about uh, maybe a week ago. I finally went out to the grocery store and I've got the mask and the gloves on and I'm pushing my cart and I haven't been in front of people in, you know, month and a half. And these two ladies were talking. So they obviously knew each other. And they were talking about how their kids are. Because are you guys homeschooling up there? Like, is everybody just homeschooling? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was homeschooling for like twenty years prior. Now, now the government yeah. mandates it, and everybody says it's cool now. Yeah, I love that people in my neighborhood are finding out that the teachers were not the problem. Uh, that their <laughs> that their kids. <laughs> I'm not seeing a lot of my kids a bright student bumper stickers on cars anymore. Um, but everybody's homeschooling. And so these two ladies were talking about that. And I just, I was pushing my cart by them and I turned to them just really quickly. And I said, uh, you know, we have five kids, but we sent them to the neighbor's house and told them to register as foreign exchange students. Boom. Just said it really quick. They both laughed really loud and I just stopped my cart. And I did not realize how much I missed being on stage. It was all I could do not to take my mask off and just go in and start doing a full show. I did about five minutes uh, for them and uh, I didn't sell a lot of merch, but it still felt like a show. Uh, but I, I just realized like my body is just craving, like getting in front of people and doing what I feel like God has, you know, created me to do. And so I wondered how you guys were, were handling. I've talked to a couple of other, my comedian friends that are just, they're just going stir crazy. You know, I, I miss, I do miss the immediacy of, of being on the stage and just getting that energy from the crowd. Like I miss that a lot. And I actually enjoy touring. I enjoy hotel life and, and meeting new people, all that stuff. But I can honestly say that I'm maybe even more so enjoying a, a break from the hustle. Um, a little bit. I, I was on the road a lot. We run like the, the circuit tour up here fairly regularly. <laughs> and this has allowed me to have a creative outlet. I'm, I've been way more creative on, online and social media doing this show. Now it's been like four, 41 episodes. I never would have thought something like this would happen, but I was yeah. always like, oh, I'll do that later. I'll do that later. I'm going to start a podcast. You're starting a podcast, but you did that before COVID, right? It's fairly new though. Yeah, it's fairly new. We, uh, in fact, that's what I was doing before I, I hopped on here is I'm editing the, the one that's coming out Thursday and that'll be episode 19. And so uh, my wife and I started a podcast and we call it hook. It's called hook, line and smiley. And the way I, we came up with it, uh, we were I, we were at a we were having a picnic out by a lake back when you could go out uh, yeah. to places, and <clears throat> we were sitting there and we were talking about some serious stuff. But she was cracking me up. She's really really funny, and I was laughing. But it was some serious like good in depth conversation. And she had always uh, you know talked already about maybe writing a book or you know she's been through a lot in her life and mm. you know handled it really well and. Uh, and so we we started like right by that lake. We were like, let's do a podcast and let's have some serious stuff 
you know, make it funny. So we have, you know, a lot of entertaining games and stuff like that. But uh, there's there's been some some real serious, you know, takeaway stuff. We do talk a lot about being married and uh, the the trials that you can face, like with blending families and, and all that stuff. Uh, so but we, we try to not keep it just to that. So we've got and we were surprised at how many people listen. I didn't know how many even kids like we had these two kids send us a, a mock audio version of our podcast last week where they pretended to be us and they had us down perfectly like we were just cracking up because they were you know the the girl that was pretended to be my wife sarah was real snarky and i was of course promoting my website bobsmiley.com i don't get that part i don't know why he kept doing that i don't i don't do that people know to go to bobsmiley.com um but uh i was really impressed at how many like families or kids and stuff watch it so yeah that's that's what we are doing in our break is uh, you know we were putting it out but i was on the road all the time and uh, now we have nothing but time so we're really kind of pouring ourselves in we're gonna we're gonna we started this last week but my wife and i now go live on facebook on thursday nights at eight central uh, so we're getting a lot of interaction with people and, and stuff so yeah the podcast is really taking off i hate to thank you know coronavirus uh, for the influx of our popularity of our podcast but uh you know if you're listening covid thank you well i think this is going to provide a lot of comedians an opportunity to um focus on their brand more than say like the stage stuff like we you know like we're not we're not not doing anything at least i hope mm -hmm. most comedians aren't they're sitting there going oh well now what it's like well no you can you can work creatively you can build your brand you can build all these opportunities for people to find you that maybe they couldn't find before. So when we do hit the stage again, you've got this, you know, maybe a, an extra fan base. Um, yeah. We got a few people coming through here that uh, that I don't so, know. I assume some of them know you. Somebody okay. wrote "ding." That's a. Do you know about that? That's a running gag from Tim Hawkins' podcast. Like, no. Anytime I, because evidently I did this subconsciously, but I would promote myself, you know, and, and not just BobSmiley.com, like my merchandise or all my comedy DVDs or my dry bar comedy special, you know. Like they said that I would find ways to slip that in. And right. so Hawkins got a bell and every time I would promote myself, he would just go ding, you know, so there was a ding. And so I love it. Like a couple of people have already people written ding. <laughs> they wrote ding there. That's awesome. This uh, cartoonist Aaron uh, is very, very observant. Uh, just notice that everything behind me is mirrored except for the episode number. And that is because I learned how to write backwards on toilet paper um, about four or five episodes ago. So that is a keen viewer right there. Okay, as long as we're talking about what's in the background, is that Prince on a calendar behind you? Mm. I mean, I'm looking at it through my flip phone, so it may not be a great quality. Go up there? No, go down one. Right there, who is that? Prince, no, no, that's not Prince, that is. Let me just let me just show you here. I mean, I know you're a Spice Girl fan. That's, so. Alyssa, that's Alyssa Milano from Who's the Boss? Oh, okay. Okay. And there's the Hulkster. Oh, okay. That, yeah. That's older. Yeah. But that's, I I, that's funny. I never thought she looked like Prince, but okay, I can see that. Well, now. I mean, it's in the background and it's blurry. Plus, uh, I never watched Who's the Boss when it was on because I was going to vacation Bible school. <laughs> You're, uh, you, seem, you seem like you lived a, a very, very um, dedicated uh, Christian existence growing up. Yes, as far as you know. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. Hey, um, so the podcast uh, that people can find that where hook, line, and smiley. I'll do the promo for you. You don't even. Have yeah, to I'll just sit back, go for it. Hook, line, and smiley. That's with you and your wife, Sarah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Um, and they can find that on on all of the what Stitcher, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, Apple iTunes. Uh, we, you know, we we read comments on everything, but Apple iTunes, we definitely read some of the comments. Some of the comments are really funny. Uh, what fans and stuff write, and uh, so I think most people are, are getting it through Apple Podcasts. But yeah, we're on everything. You can actually say Alexa. I don't want to say it out loud because it'll start playing, and that's embarrassing that that we play it all the time. But you can actually play it through Alexa and and all that. That's cool. Um, so uh, we were talking with a, a comedian couple last night that is on um, our mentoring roster up here on the circuit tour. Um, and they're, they're fresh doing comedy as a couple. And we we're talking about the, um, the interesting dynamics that have to happen. It's hard enough to be married, let alone work on a comedic project together as a couple. How do you and your wife find, find the journey? Is it, is, it, is it helping you? Is it hurting you? Nobody's watching, only 11 people. So you might well, be first. First of all, it is not hard being married. It is the most amazing, amazing thing ever. Okay, it's hard. It's really hard. Um, did I lose you? Uh, yeah, you got a little bit of a. You're, you're you're frozen, but I can hear your words. You can still hear me. Okay, good. Oh, well, there back. we go. You're back now. Okay, everybody, stop playing video games. <laughs> I mean, doing schoolwork. Um, yeah, it. I think it does. I think it has helped, and that's one of the things that we talked about because we're we're pretty real on the podcast. So if we fight, we talk about our fights. If we're struggling with stuff, we talk about it. Um, sometimes it becomes a funny thing. You know, sometimes we can make make it funny. Um, sometimes it's just not funny, and we just but we still talk about it because we know couples struggle and stuff. So, and we're a blended family. So uh, she has two kids. Uh, I had three. I have three. I do a joke on stage that, you know, she said that she would move into my house as long as I got rid of all past memories, which was sad because I had three kids. Um, <laughs> but yeah, oh, I miss telling jokes on stage. But um, but yeah, so we have five kids. And so, you know, you throw all that in like it, there's a lot. And the only way we've made it through and the only way that we've had such a good, strong marriage is communication. Uh, and I know everybody talks about that's you know number one thing, but you have to work at it. It's not like just saying, oh, communication is the key, and then that solves it all. Like it, you have to work on it. And so I think us sitting down and podcasting for an hour and a half and just laying it out, and we we do a skeleton outline of what we want to talk about, but we don't we don't go let's make these points or let's. So we're just sitting there in real time and. What comes out comes out, and so I, I think I think it has been ther therapeutic because we brought we brought up some stuff that we were dealing with in real time right there on the podcast, and we're recording, and you know we we have to do we need to do at least an hour, um, so it forces us to sit there and talk about it, you know, and and try to encourage other people and find some res resolution. So I think it really has been a, a help in our uh, you know anytime you sit down with your spouse and talk for an hour, I I think it should make your relationship stronger. So you got you were you were doing you were a professional com comic prior to getting married. So she married you knowing what you do. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, number one, uh, good for her. Uh, number two, um, did you ever feel or did she ever feel that as she kind of uh, when you guys got married and you're developing your relationship, did she already have the bug to do comedy as well, or or is or does she have the bug at all? Have you had any influence on that? Is she kind of like, you know what? I love you. I don't find you funny though. Yeah, no, uh, those are great questions. One, uh, she, I'm very, very lucky that she does find me very funny. Like she loves, 
she and she said this on on podcasts and she's done some other interviews and stuff. Uh, she is fascinated with how my mind works. Like she uh, really is into comedy. She loves like hanging. I took her to the Christian Comedy Association, uh, which is a bunch of Christian comedians get together once a year. Um, she's highly interested in my career, which is amazing because I never had that in the past. Like I've never, you know, in the past it was, you know, how much merch did you sell? What, you know, how big was your check? Okay, good. That that was that was the the extent of it. And she has just dove into it and like loves the behind the scenes of you know how you write a joke or how you come up with it or if you're ad libbing, you know, what do you do? Do you do you give yourself an out? You know, whenever you start on stage of like, okay, I'm gonna take questions. Like, do you already have in your mind an out or things like that? So she's fascinated with the process of it. When I met her, she didn't have any dreams or anything or the bug like you called it to go into it but then once we got into it and she started getting feedback from people from the podcast you know and it was everything from oh my goodness i laughed so hard at you know this thing you said to i was on the verge of tears having the worst week of my life and i listened to this uh, encouraging thing that you told me and i applied it to my life and it made a huge difference this week so it's it's been this vast amount of uh, compliments that Sarah's gotten, and so I think she's she's realizing that she's had this hidden talent or this hidden voice that that she's had for so long. And so we've started talking about uh, putting together a a show of she and I to go out, and it'll be you know heavy comedy, but also have uh, some message or encouragement or something for uh, married couples or people that are struggling going through. Uh, some stuff. I don't think she'd mind me telling you this, but she, she's been through a lot in her, in her past when she was young. Um, uh, her younger brother uh, actually drowned and, you know, they had to go, they had to deal with that. And, uh, and they were, you know, very, very devout followers of Christ. And so, you know, they all of a sudden had to, uh, you know, deal and wrestle with that, of you know, with that bad, you know, horrible thing happening. And so she's really grown and been through a lot. So she has a lot to, to draw from. Uh, and so, yeah, uh, people have talked to her about getting on stage and doing stuff. She started out joking that she would one day take over my career. Um, now I, I don't hear a laugh after she says it. So I think maybe and in we we actually had booked our first show in August. We were going to go to Dallas and do this seminar for pastors. And they they booked me. But they asked if Sarah would come and do a little bit during my set and then. Uh, do a panel where she and I sat up there and took questions and, you know, and kind of bantered with the crowd. And so we, that got postponed. So hopefully that'll still happen. But yeah, she actually had, she actually had a show uh, booked, you know, ready to, to hit the stage. So yeah, I, th I think it's going to happen in the future. Um, I just want to remind people as they're coming in here, uh, my name's Timmy Boyle up on top. <laughs> that is uh, Bob smiling in the bottom, unless your phone's upside down and you are watching calling comedians in quarantine. Uh, Bob, uh, a question here that's come in um, before I go to my question here is, uh, do you mentor young comics? Is that part of your um, journey as a comedian? <laughs> yeah, we I, I was talking to, you know, Tim Hawkins. Only by name, you know I've never actually met him. So he's one of my best friends. And we were talking about we could tell the moment where we became old. Because, you know, we still feel young. We still, but the moment that we turned old was when all of a sudden we started getting a, a slew of young comedians coming in going, will you mentor me? And the first couple of times people asked me that, I was like, 
I've only been doing this a couple of years. What, how am I going to mentor? And then I stopped to think it. I was like, well, 22 years. So yeah, I guess maybe I do have some, some wisdom to, to pass down. So I do as long I'm, and now is a great time. If you need mentoring, yeah, I'm up for it. So I try to say yes to everybody in the past. Uh, when I'm traveling is a great time. I'll answer questions. I'll, I'll answer emails and all that kind of stuff. Uh, a lot of comedians will DM me through Facebook. Uh, Facebook uh, is Bob Smiley Comedy. Um, you can find the link at bobsmiley.com. And so I, I, will, I will mentor people if I'm on the road. But when I get home to my family, then I try to just be a dad and a husband and that. So, so I, I will mentor people if, if it doesn't take away from my family time. Nice. Now, of course, you have as a father, you've got five, you got five boys, right? It's all. Five yeah. yeah. So that I mean, that mentoring uh, goes a lot, goes a lot deeper there. Do any of your boys have uh, have the other well, you have the one that said you want that wanted to do a show with you? Do any, yeah. Any of the others have that? No. Um, yeah. Trent, my 17 year old, he is I, I don't know where he came from. Straight A student, uh, highly intelligent, but also athletic. Uh, and actually, he's my more outdoors uh hunter so he's definitely got some of me you know, in him but he he is straight a student you know four point and he's he's he wants to be an engineer and so he's taking the classes that he needs to right now even in high school and he's getting uh, college credit and doing all this stuff to uh, so he has his life mapped out so he's definitely not interested in it um coulter my oldest uh, he he always had the stage presence and i actually took him to a couple of festivals and had him get up and tell like two or three jokes to introduce me. And then, you know, and then I would come up and, and do my show. So he hadn't done a full set, but he hadn't really shown much interest until, like I said, about six or seven months ago. And then he just started writing and he showed me what he what he's writing. And I was like, OK, this is actually really good. So I could tell that he had paid attention throughout you know, his life growing up with me. So he paid attention. He knew how to write. He knew the rule of three. He knew, you know, how to to start with a big bang and then you know, to uh, ease into stuff and, and then, you know, where to throw the, the big taglines in and all that. So he's got a good set and he has the stage presence. So uh, I think he's going to do pretty well. My uh, oldest 14, Xander, he's always been the funniest kid in the house. He is absolutely hilarious and has no desire to get on stage at all. Um, he, he doesn't he doesn't like it. He's done it before, like at camps and stuff. Uh, we used to do this thing called the tweet song, which is basically we'd put music and we'd do one liners, you know, um, try to think of an example. Uh, when I die, I want to be cremated and I'm trying to talk my kids into putting me in a jar that says he earned it, you know, just stuff like that, like just little one liner stuff. And so we put music. And so I would I would bring my kids up on stage and they would do, you know, we would all take turns doing one liners. And Xander's were always the funniest. But he just never was comfortable on stage. So I always thought if Xander could write and then Coulter, my oldest, could perform, that, that I would never have to work again. So, And then my two bonus kids, uh, Dylan and Mason, they're both really funny. But uh, Dylan's very, very artistic and uh, is designing skateboards and stuff like that. So he didn't really have a desire to, uh, to be on stage. And uh, Mason's 10, so who knows what he wants to do. But, yeah, I don't think nobody's really been like, I want to I want to go and follow in your footsteps or anything, which is good because I want my kids to have money. 
Yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, I'm sure my boy is going to have uh, have some great financial um, things. He's an entrepreneur to the core, but he is truly the funniest. Like, like every day he says something to me that cracks me up, and I'm just like, man, I couldn't teach that to somebody. Yeah, uh, but uh, but he's also, I think he's going to make more money along the way. So I'll, I'll go with that. Somebody's going to have yeah. to support me eventually. I got to fix my Batman mask. I'm going to need a little bit of funds there. So yeah, your your cal is uh, is looking aged. Yeah, this is a. Uh, um, this is actually an exact replica from the 1989 Batman cowl. The guy who owns the cowl now makes models directly from the one that Michael Keaton wore. This is one of my most favorite possessions. And he makes them? Yeah, he, ma he makes rubber molds from the exact one that Michael Keaton wore. That's crazy that you're telling me that this close to my birthday. Yeah, right? I can get you the contact and let your, maybe let your wife know. <laughs> I can't be getting it for you. I'm you sidestepped that well. That was that was well done. I'm not uh, I'm not making any money right now, Bob. And uh, just <laughs> so you know, uh, there is no payment for coming on the show. Okay. Well, I really enjoyed it. I think uh, I think we're uh, good. No, you obviously have money because you've got toilet paper to burn. Like you're writing on toilet paper. We're right. not writing on toilet paper. The Smiley household. Well, here, here's the secret. I've been telling people this. If you don't invest money in food or water, you actually don't go to the bathroom. This thing of toilet paper has lasted me four and a half weeks. Yeah. So when this first happened, uh, you know, we do a Bible study and I was like, you know what? These next two weeks, we're going we're gonna to study fasting. And so they finally got tired of hearing scripture about fasting. <laughs> so um, we're getting ready to, uh, this is, that's the bell because we're getting ready to wrap up the show here. We try not to do too long because everybody's really busy and could quarantine right now. But um, I do want to thank you for coming on here. And uh, every night at 7 p.m., we have comedians from all around the world. Uh, Bob, what could you tell people right now to help them uh, get through the quarantine time? I, up here in Canada, we probably have about 400 plus days still to go. I don't know what it's like down where you guys are. But uh, what would you be able to tell them? Um, this is going to sound very, very churchy, uh, but truly God is in control. Uh, nothing surprises him. And so he truly is in, in control. Um, now people, you know, we have free will, so people make make bad decisions. And, uh, you know, so this may drag on for a while, but honestly, nothing's going to surprise God. So that's one thing. The other thing I'm, I'm telling people, and this is something we're trying to do here at the Smiley household, uh, We've always been busy. We've always been doing stuff. And, you know, people were like, oh, you know, I, I wish I could do, you know, family game night, but I'm so busy and all that. The world is on hold now. So the world hit a pause button. So now all you have to do is love on your family. So take yep. that opportunity and love on your family. We're going to play Pictionary tonight. Like, like learn. And then we're going to learn, you know, who has competitive problems, but it's going to be, it's going to be fun. Like, so. That, so that's what I would tell people. Realize the world is on pause. And so just focus on your relationship with your wife, with your kids, with your neighbors, you know, like do that. Like, like look for the positives that can come from this weird situation we're in. Is it wrong for me to say that uh, I look every morning at the Ontario updates where I am up here in Canada um, and, and hope and hope and pray that they'll extend it for two more weeks? Like, <laughs> I don't think it's wrong. Um, you know, I think it's sinful, but yeah, I don't know if I'd right. say wrong. <laughs> um, difference. But yeah. I'm enjoying, you know, I like going to the grocery store. Um, with the, we had to I had to stand in line because they're only letting people in one at a time. 
And yeah. it was amazing. It never would have happened. It never would have happened uh, two months ago. If you had to stand in line and like get one at a time, like fights would break out. And it's been amazing, at least up here in Canada. I don't know. Uh, what, like, yes, that. yes. No, I've seen that. So I was at the grocery store today and we had to wait in line. And they're, they're not letting like, you know, one person in the store at a time. I don't know how it is up there, but, you know, they're letting us uh, in as one person comes out. So they have a, a grocery store full of, you know, maybe 100 people. And yeah. so as one comes out, one goes in, um, the Canadian exchange rate is probably like two people for everyone that comes yeah. out. And probably then one right now. Yeah, that's true. I haven't looked at the, <laughs> the finances of it, but um everybody was just so nice and everybody's standing six feet apart but everybody's talking you know and hey how's it going and uh all the employees are super nice just very very polite and i think it's made people it's put things in perspective mm -hmm. you know what what really has to happen what is important you know our relationships with each other is really what's important and so i think people are you know they're being more patient they're uh, you know, help, you know, I'll be honest, I've, I've lived a very hectic lifestyle. I didn't know we have 33 houses in our little encircled neighborhood. I probably knew three people, you know, three different households. I right. probably knew. And one of them was ours. And I'm still right. not sure about my uh, 10 year old's name. But now, because we'll we'll all be out walking and stuff, and we're all like there's an elderly couple that lives right across the street. And we went over and was like, you know, do you guys need something? Uh, can we go to the grocery store for you? And so but like we're, we're seeing these opportunities to, to reach out to people. So I I totally agree. I, I think people are you guys are known for being nice. Like, I don't know if you guys know that. No, we know. Yeah, no, we know that we, we we we're very proud of our niceness. Yeah, you should be. Yeah. Although the, the last time. The last time I was up there, I um, I kind of got in a fight with a Canadian. Um, I was going to, into a Tim Hortons, and um, <laughs> this is so dumb, but we got in a fight over who was going to hold the door for who. So yeah. it was almost like a nice fight. And he was like, yeah. after you. And I was like, no, after you. And so I, I actually wrote a bit about it um, because I did have a shirt that had the, the thing of Texas on it, right. the shape of Texas. And so he was looking at me weird and I thought, I say this on stage now, but I really did think he was looking at me looking for my gun because uh, we're kind of known for that. Yeah. And uh, and the punchline to the bit, this didn't happen, obviously, but was, uh, you know, he was looking at me because I had a Texas on my shirt. So he was looking for my gun and I was moving around like crazy in case he tried to give me a free health care exam. And uh, finally, thankfully, somebody from Detroit came over and stabbed us both. Um, but that was based on a true story. Last time I was up there, like I, I got into this, like, no, after you, no, I insist. Like it was a nice fight. Um, I forgot why I started that whole story. You guys are known for being nice. Yeah. We're known what are we nice. talking about? Oh. I'm so not good at this. No, we were talking about um, the fact that uh, um, people have, you, you, you met your neighbors and people have oh. kind of. Yeah. I can't remember the other thing. It was going to change your life. It was going to be great, but it's gone. Um, but that, yeah, that is the point. I think you guys are known for being really nice. Texas is kind of known for their hospitality, but I think we're going to start seeing a lot of states that are going to be known now just because people are realizing the value of being nice. You know, I think they're, they realize that life is fleeting 
and that we're not, you know, we're kind of all in the same boat right now. Like there's a, you know, level playing field. So I think people are chilling out and cutting other people's slack. And I hope it continues after all this is over. Well, I hope, yeah, I hope that what ultimately comes from all this, and then this will be people's choice in anything, right, is to find the good and the bad. But um, I think if anybody comes out of this and they haven't um, done a, a solid self-evaluation and, and got better in, in some character quality, learned a new skill, um, got closer to a family member, all the things, this, this was the time that will reveal all the people who said, like you mentioned it earlier, um, if only I had more time, I would do this. If yeah. you haven't accomplished that when this thing ends, then we know that it was never a time issue. Yeah, it, it, yeah, that's what it is. It, there used to be a thing where I had a friend in college and he went through six roommates in, in a span of two years, six mm. roommates. And he kept going, man, these roommate, this roommate was terrible. This roommate was horrible. This, this one was horrible. This, and, and eventually I was like, dude, at some point you got to say, maybe it's me. You know, and so if you if your big complaint is like, I don't have enough time and then you have two months and you don't do anything, maybe it's you. Maybe it's you. Yeah. Well, Bob, I hope that you and your family uh, continue to stay well. They, uh, obviously, you guys are going to keep on laughing. It sounds like you have uh, the right attitude in that regard. Um, we've only met, uh, I think, once briefly uh, <laughs> down at the CCA, but uh, I've heard so much uh, great, new, great things about you. And I really appreciate you being on the show tonight. Yeah, thanks for having me on. And you and I have a lot in common. We're both huge Prince fans and, you know, we yep. need to hang out more often. And 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 Batman all the way. Yeah, definitely Batman. Yeah, that is. I was looking cuz I almost wore my Batman beanie cuz I have a Batman beanie. It may be in my room. Um, but I almost wore that on the show and then I was like, "No, I I need to be this is a a real Instagram live. I need to be professional." And then it pops up and I was like, "Oh, so there goes that out the window." Well, normally, normally I don't even wear pants. So uh, yeah, well, I appreciate getting my email and sticking to it. Well, it was the the, the Batman onesie that I have. I had no choice. It's all attached. So oh, you really do have that. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's yeah, it's a it's a onesie all the way down. I brought Batman watch. Um, See, I've got the Batman. I've got the Batman costume, but it's Christian Bale's uh, one. Uh, I wanted the old, the old school Adam West one, but the yeah. Halloween store, I don't know if you know this, but I'm kind of known for being frugal and uh, yeah. And so they put the Christian Bell one on sale. It was normally like $85 and they put it on sale for like $25. So I had to buy that one. So that's, that's the one I have in my closet. Um, well then before we go here, just because uh, this is of incredible interest to me, um, how would you rank the Batman's? Can you can you can you rank them one one through whatever? Yeah, by uh, by movie is TV by, by, by actors by by the people who have played Batman. I got to go Adam West uh, just because the campy Batman stuff and the way he delivered the lines. Yeah, where some days you can't get rid of a bomb, like stuff like that is just it's the best. It's the and best. He was like, he that Batman he was he's number two in my list, but I'll let you finish your list. But do you know like he was literally worldwide famous. That Batman, like like Adam West was a like if Twitter and everything was around, he would be everywhere. He was a worldwide huge celebrity. I can't believe it took him so long to get a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Yeah, have you read uh, Burt Ward's autobiography? No, not yet. It is on my list though. Not necessarily a good Christian book. Mm -hmm. uh, 
um, because he does brag about a lot of his fame stuff. Um, but fascinating, absolutely fascinating, because he talks about touring uh, around and doing, you know, uh, autograph lines and doing uh, public speaking, you know, with Adam West and some of their stuff. And yeah, they were they were the biggest thing in the world. They were the yeah. absolute biggest thing. So Adam West, yeah. um, people, a lot of people are going to not like this. Uh, I thought Michael Keaton was the Batman. Like I thought he played a great uh, Bruce Wayne. I thought he was also, yeah, I, yeah, he was so good. Yeah. And, and, and so that came out like what? 86, 80, 89. He's my, he's my 89. Favorite. Yeah. 89. Okay. So 89. And I, I don't know if you remember, there's all this controversy of like, they're going to let Beetlejuice be Batman. Like what in the world? But yeah. I'd seen this movie where he, uh, in the movie he had cancer. And so it was a very serious, I think it was called my life or life or something like that, where he played this real serious role. And I, and, and I'd seen that. So I was like, no, he can pull off, you know, he can pull off the Cape Crusader. Uh, so yeah, I, I liked him. Um, I did like Christian Bell. I, I think he took it in a complete different direction, but I, I liked him. So I'd probably go him third. Yeah, um, he's my third. Yeah, and then I don't know. The bottom of the barrel at that point. That's the thing. I mean, Clooney. I guess Clooney next. Yeah. Um, You know, I thought Clooney. Clooney even makes fun of his role, and that movie was horrible. It was a tremendous disaster of a film. So bad. But but if you actually listen to the film, you will discover that Clooney almost has zero lines, and it wasn't. It wasn't his fault. They gave him nothing to work with. Right. Yeah. He. yeah, I thought he did okay with what he was given. I mean, he was he was given a, a real stinker of a script and yeah. and all that. So I would say him. I know a lot of people hate Val Kilmer, um, but I thought he was a good Bruce Wayne. So mm-hmm. I, I I thought he was I thought he was good and believable as Bruce Wayne. And I like Val Kilmer. Top Secret is one of my favorite movies uh, yeah. of all time. But um, yeah, I'd probably put Val uh, close yeah close to the end. Like that was I didn't think that was that great yeah i gotta go west and then and then keaton and then uh do, do you put do you put affleck in there at all oh no yeah although no you know what i take that back so when batman and superman came out yeah i was i was going through a really bad time in my life like it was a real uh depression i was a single dad trying to raise three boys on my own um just dealing with all this stuff uh uh, it was bad. You know, I was dealing with all this betrayal and uh, not only losing, you know, my marriage, but losing a friend, like a really close friend and all this. It was, it was, it was, it was the worst time of my life. And this movie came out and everybody was just bashing it like Batman versus Superman bashing it. And so I was like, I'm not even going to, I don't need more depression in my life. Like I'm good. I'm full. And so I didn't watch it for a little while. And then one night I was in, I was in a hotel. I had an early show. And I stopped by Redbox and I got Batman versus Superman. I was like, I'm just going to give it a try. And I think because I did not have any hope or expectation right. that I actually enjoyed it. I actually thought that's actually not a bad movie, you know, because so many people bashed it. So, yeah, I, yeah, he just, I don't think he's a good Batman. He moves too stiff. He moves. So yeah. I, I would definitely put him above Kilmer, but not. You know, not too high up there. I think he, um, I, I wasn't a Ben Affleck fan for years. Bashed him publicly online and everywhere for like a good decade. 
Um, and then I saw Argo and uh, that one reason, the Boston crime scene, and those started to be pretty good. But um, I think what he did do very well was he played a bitter, grizzled, angry Batman. And it was a very different yeah. Batman than, uh, than uh, that had been done. So I, I too, would put him above Kilmer. And, and I, was, I was happy with Batman versus Superman. Um, the, spoiler alert. But um, for years, everyone always tried to tell me that, you know, oh, Superman's better, blah, blah, blah. Well, that movie came out and it definitively proved if, if they had not had the same mother's names, um, mm -hmm. we all know who would have won. Batman would have right. won. Like, yeah. hands down. Like a guy in a suit would have killed an alien man, like, like who can spin the world backwards. So yeah. victory to Batman. And now we all know how it all, it all ends. And not to get too you know, into theology, but people all through have asked me why I'm a huge Batman fan. And it's because he doesn't have any superpowers and he's still able to be a superhero. And I feel like that's what we are. God put us on this earth. And, you know, some of us have better talents in certain areas than others and vice versa and all that. But, you know, we don't really have these superpowers, but we can find ways to be a hero. Well, I could be Batman. Well, I mean, I am, but yeah. like that's that's what drew me too. Is like like there's there's something very very tangible. I can't be Superman. I'll never be Superman. But yeah. you know, with with money and, and time and devotion and all, and all that stuff and stuff, you know, we could be Batman. And I think there's something very interesting about the fact that um, Wolverine, Iron Man, and Batman are three of the most iconic like like whole decades of franchises have put together. And all three of those characters, which are my three top superheroes of all time, all three of them are basically human beings battling inside with the fact that they need to do good. They've been given this gift and they can't stand the gift sometimes. Mm -hmm. you know, yeah. Wolverine actually like hated the fact that he was this slow, almost immortal being and battling through that. And yet they continued in, their, in the darkness continued to do light. And I think that flawness of those three characters, um, I think that's why this world gravitates to it. Superman is, they've tried to resurrect his, his movies over and over and they needed Batman to bring him back into the <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. like nobody can relate to Superman, but I think, I think Batman is a, you know, and now I'm just gonna stand on my soapbox and because and, I've got a fellow Batman I hear. And, yeah. uh, but I think, I think you're right. I mean, we're all flawed, but we can all do good. Um, and we battle every day with whether or not we should. And uh, sometimes you just got to go do it. Yeah, I agree. Buddy, I loved our uh, time together. Thank you so much for, uh, for joining me again. And uh, stay well and, and keep in touch. Maybe we, maybe we can work on something in the future. I'd appreciate that. Okay, that'd be awesome. You guys uh, be safe out there. Thanks for watching. Beautiful. Thanks so much, Bob. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Calling Comedians Into Quarantine. Please take a moment to like, share, subscribe, and ring the little bell so you and your friends don't miss any of the laughs. Episodes will be uploaded here at Timmy's Shorts daily until I run out. And be sure to check out the description below for links to connect with myself or my guests on social media, support us by buying merchandise, and also download the podcast version of this show. Until next time, remember, your brain, it's for thinking, not for eating. So just say no to zombies. My name's Timmy Boyle.